Hi, this is another episode of On the Line. My name is Christina Kay. And I'm Joe Mullings. And in studio today is Dr. Tom Dieters. Uh, all of our guests to date, this is by far um, my favorite. So it's like a brother to me, um, a mentor, and uh, somebody I've always been happy and excited to have in a relationship to. Tom, why don't you intro yourself? Oh, gosh. Uh, first of all, thanks for the kind words. I feel the same way, brother. Kindred spirits, absolutely, in a lot of ways. Uh, you and I met back in uh, 2009, I believe, or 2010. My uh, background, uh, if the name sounds vaguely familiar, uh, I was editor-in-chief and publisher of Muscle and Fitness Magazine for 15 years. I also published Flex Magazine and Men's Fitness Magazine and Natural Health Magazine. Uh, worked very closely with Joe Weider, who really is a fitness industry icon. People don't understand the history behind the development of the industry, but all the gym chains, all the equipment, all the sports nutrition are really um, there in many ways because of his creation, uh, going back into the 1940s. And you were there in the heyday when Arnold was in uh, Absolutely. Blue well, and- yeah, Arnold had just basically gotten, gotten done uh, for the second time. Uh, but uh, I had been writing under contract, uh, and I met him during my internship uh, when I was treating patients, but I, I started writing articles for him in 1985 when we met. Uh, I gave some articles to his then-editor-in-chief, Bill Reynolds, rest his soul, uh, and they were on some things called medium-chain triglycerides and creatine and growth hormone releasers. And way back then. Way back then, okay. um, and no one had heard of that. Started using it, getting good results. Same thing with creatine. So I introduced Joe to those things, and Weeder was the first company to introduce creatine in the sports nutrition market. Wow, wow. Yeah. All right, take them through. And you said, that, now, Dr. Tom Dieters. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, so that's, a, again, my, my career path has, uh, again, looked like this crazy psychotic person drawing on a whiteboard uh, who's drunk, okay? So in other words... Hint, hint. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I was uh, headed on to, to medical school, decided not to go to medical school after working six years in a hospital and being turned off by a number of things. I uh, went to chiropractic college, got my certification in acupuncture, and then basically Joe plucked me out of that environment and I moved to California from Chicago, my hometown. Wait, wait, who was your roommate in uh, med school? Uh, well, it was it was uh, Dr. Mike Silvatella. Right. Uh, but then also when I came out to California my first year there, one of the, the, the roomies in the muscle and fitness camp was a guy named Tom Purvis, who was the guy uh, for Bowflex, if you saw on all the Bowflex right. commercials when they were in their heyday. Where does Lee fit in? So, well, Lee Labrada, uh, we met in a Spanish. I'm not dropping names. Yet. In a Spanish literature class for yeah, you got to. So, Lee Labrada was one of the most successful professional bodybuilders. He came in second in the Olympia in a top five like six times. Great guy. We met in a Spanish literature class. Uh, his primary language, grown up, was Spanish. His parents were Cuban. He's Cuban. Um, I was fluent in Spanish, and uh, we we met there. We started training together at Northwestern University before I transferred to University of Michigan. He just launched an album. He's an unbelievable guitar player. Really? Uh, yeah, he's another just a fantastic guy. Who who are you people? Are you like the Uber Mention Club that you just like all meet each other and it's like a summer camp for for Type A's on? on- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so after after 15 years at Weeder, it is a camp. We 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 so we uh, we sold that. Company company. I resigned shortly thereafter, uh, which was one of the best moves I ever made. Uh, And then worked with private equity guys for a number of years doing deal analysis, uh, going in and evaluating on roadshows, people who are 
uh, trying to sell their their baby, if you will. And then I got a call one night after a board of directors meeting for this one private equity group and said, hey, we made a, uh, an acquisition. It's having some hiccups. Can we send you out during a board meeting tomorrow? I was on a plane literally the next day. The company was in Boca Raton. It was an internet marketing lead generation company. Um, and uh, ended up uh, moving the family to Florida uh, and then was CEO of another television media production company uh, down here in South Florida. Um, in between the, the downtime there, you and I launched jujitsumedia.com, which is yep. the number one ranked uh, jujitsu website for quite a while. You founded the Armory up in Jupiter, yep. which at that time had, I don't know, half a dozen top UFC fighters. Yeah, yeah, that's where we met on the mat. I remember, I, I didn't want to roll with Tom. Tom. Tom is a little bit like a silverback gorilla with skills in jujitsu. <laughs> so I just, I always, I, I always, I always dick tucked and make sure I went on the other side of the mat. Uh, yeah. Well, um, we had some good times on the mat. We trained together 6am training sessions for a long time, working on technique alone, right? Um, Not for alone. anybody else. Nope, just the two just, of us. Just the opening the gym, just going in there and, and working it, uh, which is really where you learn the best, um, in that environment where you can concentrate. But from there, um, went on, uh, to, uh, do some other projects. I am, uh, helping some guys launching a direct response company right now, which really leverages the health and fitness background, the publishing media background, along with this integrated approach, which has to do with lead nurturing and um, lead generation. And Facebook is a tool. And it's the most exciting time because if you know what you're doing, you can launch a bona fide six-figure revenue type business on a couple thousand bucks. Yeah, and, and don't forget you also, in his free time, how many novels have you written? I am in my second, um, but that is uh, really the primary focus of my life. Um, I started writing the first novel back years ago, but quite honestly, given where I was in my career, um, didn't want to release it. My work, which is a suspense thriller, um, I've had multiple military contracts, Naval Special Warfare, Performance Enhancement, uh, First Anglican Marines, um, some other contracts as well uh, in various areas that I'll just leave alone. Uh, but uh, it, it, uh, I will be perceived as a different guy than the one that most people know of mm -hmm. me as the left brain CEO, as the health and fitness guy. Uh, this is a whole different dimension, which leverages my other backgrounds. I'm gonna, I want to jump into that because um, I think you and I are clearly aware of what the physical drives the mental, right? The intellect and the physical side. And, you know, you've come from... Again, you know, if if you know Tom, I mean, physical specimen, intellectual specimen, could be one of the smartest human beings I've ever uh, met. You got to um, get out more. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But I can pick almost any subject, and if Tom doesn't have it covered, um, call him the next morning, and, and he'll have it covered, right? Um, and I, I just love learning. I know. We, we all, to me, that's the most exciting thing. So you're an executive. Yeah, you're, yeah. You've moved around a couple things, ha have had like not just touched around like skipped. You planted a flag and nailed it. What are the characteristics that carry over for those execs that might be, quote unquote, in transition? What, what, what do you think? Yeah. So I, I, my life has been one big transition, which on one hand is really exciting. On another hand, particularly, you know, 20, 30 years ago was, I was always a fear-driven, anxiety-driven guy. Fear is a tremendous motivator, but it's a very expensive motivator. You know, on one hand, I never really had a career path, and that's going to sound counterintuitive or ludicrous or both, but um, 
here I spent my, you know, all my, my three degrees and my doctorate and all this to try to treat people and then never went into practice, ended up helping people in health and fitness through putting out material in that regard. But I got thrust at 28 years old into a corporate environment where I was like the boss. You know, at that point, I was like two. You never even went to charm school. Re really long hair, three earrings, the whole, and just very intense. But I walked in. I'd never taken a business class, accounting class, marketing class, advertising class. I have a quick question. I'm sort of fascinated by this life and transition things. I yes. think it's it's something that resonates with a lot of people, either yep. because they are that person or because they kind of wish that they were. So I'm wondering, how do you identify in yourself that that moment where you need that transition? Yeah. So um, the first thing is is uh, for me, uh, my decisions now become uh, easier and more actionable with more experience. And that's what my message would be, is you have to listen to that and process. Now, moving onward to a situation where you realize you are not going to actualize your potential as a professional, as a person, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, it is never a mistake to take yourself out of that situation, Okay. Tom, that, that Never. so this is this is really important for our listeners to get their arms around because I talk about this a lot. Is all Tom was doing was being authentic to who he was, and too many people live in this world not being authentic to who they are, and that causes a dissonance, and then that dissonance starts to infect the rest of their life. And what's really important is Tom lives his life with a purpose that allows him to be passionate. And so there are too many people who live with passion and passion is passing. Passion and feelings are nothing more than a superficial gauge of where you feel right here, but you can't be driven by passion. You're driven by purpose. And that I think is one of the things that's super important to understand about Tom and other wildly successful people, not businessmen exclusively, is know what your purpose is, how you're wired inside that. And when you come off that true North Star, you're screwed all the time. Yeah. And I, I'm still fine. Listen, I don't have this stuff figured out, right? And it doesn't mean I wasn't scared to death. But you know what your I purpose did. is? Teaching, yeah. sharing, right? right. Learning. Well, so there, there's kind of one other analogy uh, that we can talk about. I don't want to be happy. I don't focus on happiness. So what do you focus on then? Well, I want to focus on joy. Joy is something that is inside that doesn't get shaken by the outside world. Or fulfillment. Okay. I use fulfillment. You use joy. Right. But it's not. Right. So you can be joyous right. in right. a storm. Yep. So if you're in transition, use a downtime to learn, to study, to grow, invest in relationships, to do critical self-analysis. Um, have that hunger to relentlessly pursue yourself. Make yourself a better father, better husband, better friend, better friend. You know, that. I mean, are you the, are you the friend you'd like to have? So start prioritizing things like that. Um, develop your board of directors for your for, life. For your life. Yes. Yeah. Um, you got someone, do some counseling. I think everybody should do some counseling. Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't talk to a counselor. Really? Go to a counselor. You'll find out. Okay. <laughs> because you need the tools to do that. Find out some people that you can develop a trusting relationship with. And then if you're shy about that, then have books as your board of directors. And then do some work on thought management. You, you mentioned something interesting here. People throw around the word trust a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And differentiating between trust and being able to rely on somebody. Mm -hmm. How do you parse those two words? Oh, to me, trust is a measure of predictability. Okay. I can trust a criminal 
that he will steal my wallet if I leave it unattended for five minutes. Mm-hmm. That means, again, for trust me is just a, a measure of predictability. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to rely on him, mm-hmm. okay? Reliance and trust have to be aligned mm-hmm. for me to invest emotionally from a business standpoint, from a personal standpoint. Mm-hmm. My challenges, I'm my own biggest enemy, as you know, we all are many times, uh, but I have to manage my emotions. Give yourself time to process. Mm-hmm. Know and recognize when you're triggered. Well, choosing to not okay. do something is doing something. Yep, not absolutely. enough people process that. Right, right. You started out early on this, and, and I didn't want it to go away. Um, career path versus life path. Mm-hmm. Intertwined, uh, but separate. Uh, and when I say that is, is the, the, the quiet desperation that too many great execs and great people live in is because they, they're not really turned on by what they're doing. And they wish they were doing something other than what they were doing, but they feel locked in. They got a mortgage, they got this and that. I understand survival mentality. I got two kids. I got, you know, one I'm putting through med school. And this, you know, I mean, money's a very, very powerful enabling resource. I get that. But you still need to recognize that you can only be the best version of you all the way around in every aspect of your life. If you are actualizing your potential and if you're not operating on a platform that allows you to do that, you need to make an adjustment. And sometimes that adjustment is just to walk away, let it settle, gain some clarity, grow during the downtime. Most people are stuck in a career path, though. I understand. Stuck. Stuck. Okay. Versus a life path. Right. So designing a life versus. And they know that. If they don't know that cognitively, their gut is telling them every day, man. Right. So learn to be sensitive to that. Do some processing. Do that critical self-analysis and then position yourself. If you say, you know what, I can't quit and then not do anything for six months. Great. Then make a transition. Position yourself. I got news. I I was CEO multiple times. I did a lot of interviews, high level guy interviews. You and I have talked about this stuff. Man, the most attractive people that I want to hire typically are people with jobs. I want somebody who's willing to make a change and can tell me why Mm -hmm. and bring value to what I'm offering, Mm -hmm. okay, as far as our company. Is is this person is someone I I want on my team? Because we know that one person, bring the wrong person home for dinner, man, the whole dynamics change. And that's why I've always been so interested in what you do because you get behind the curtain, you peek into psychology, and you map what the best fit is going to be. And you, like I, have had people who were overqualified for a position. You'd love to have them on paper, but you know they're going to blow up in six months because they're not going to be happy. And you say, you know what, dude, you're not the right fit. It what comes, do you mean I'm not the right fit? I'm the best guy. Look at my track record. Yes. It comes down to self-awareness, yes. right? So and the discipline time. to follow that. Well, yeah. So you can, yeah, yeah. Self-awareness effectively is not when it's convenient, right? Self-awareness is powerful when you can have that on 24 seven, 365. Right. Christy, you wanna jump in? So you're talking a lot about patience and, and we yeah. talk a lot about stick-to-itiveness and, and we were talking about making these transitions and they are obviously almost always very difficult. Otherwise sure. you wouldn't have to contemplate them. They would right. just happen naturally. Right. Uh, and you were saying that it's important for you to find joy and that you can find joy even in a storm. So I was wondering when things are very difficult, when a transition isn't moving in the direction that you need it to, it's not moving fast enough, or it looks like time is running out, where are you finding that joy to keep oh, going? I one of my favorite sayings, and I don't even know where I heard it, but I've been saying it for 30 years, and people always kind of chuckle about it. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, right? Everybody wants to be a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu who walks wanna, in the gym. They don't want to put in the work. But like 0.5% <laughs> 
make it to black belt right. because they won't stay on the horse. Right. They'll quit. Right. Don't quit on yourself. So keep moving. Keep And to me, the key to that and what brings me peace as well is that learning. So keep learning because you'll find that you can get edification. You can get yourself built up. You can get confidence. You can get better perspective. It's not hopeless. You have options. There's many things you can do. And we all need that sometimes. I had fun with this fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, T, can we do this again? Can I call your agent and book you again? I'm here to help and serve whatever way I can. I spent years doing it, you know, with articles and, and hundreds of seminars and speaking engagements. If I can provide value and help anybody, then it's worth it. Awesome. Then it's worth it. I'll be here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom. Um, once again, I'm Christina Kay. I'm Joe Mullings. And I'm Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Be well. Thank you.